0: Welcome to What You're Reading, Dude. It's Lisa, Jamie, Lauren. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good time to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Let's get into it. in my room today real chill and then i went over to my old place at lunch so i like blew out the candle mm-hmm. and embers just like swirled around and shot out that's the first time i've ever seen that Whoa. i'm like oh my god so i just can like start a fire yeah i was like this is how this happens. So, <laughs> but it was on this like really light colored little like table runner i had so i'm like no but i'm like damn it so i like smushed it on yeah. it and i'm like whatever <laughs> like, yeah. oh wow i have to clean it later. Smoky but. vibes. Truly. Oh, hmm. my God.
1: That was Yeah, that we're was so in weird. wildfire season, baby. I know. I right. mean, that would not have started a <laughs> wildfire, but it does yeah, make you realize, so. like, when I was driving back from the Midwest, I was in eastern Washington, and I saw a fire mm. on the side of the highway, oh. just, like, on the side of the highway. Yeah. Like, in the
2: Medium ditch or whatever. Thing? In the yeah. ditch, yeah. Mm. And
1: I was like, that could have just been someone's cigarette butt. Like yeah. it is so dry.
0: So dry.
1: Anything could start a wildfire.
2: And like
0: Especially fun, these next couple weeks. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. it's gonna be. Yeah. There's yeah. no and that rain was, in the forecast. Right, right. and like, that yeah. was a month ago. Like it's gonna be so much worse.
0: It's you know, fire is so beautiful and amazing that oxygen is the thing that it, and you know, having something to burn can just keep it going, but it's so devastating, you know, it's yeah, it's crazy. Just yeah. kind of growing on its own, and you're like, well, shit. <laughs> this is why
2: properly management is important. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. And reporting fires when you see it. Yeah. Putting out fires. Yes. 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 We are junior rangers over here. <laughs> <laughs> <Do-do-do>. <laughs> Not are We to one. start out with a flame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
2: God.
0: I need, like, a TikTok equivalent recap of Bo Burnham. Just, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, oh, one yeah. view of each skit. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: last time we recorded, we talked... I talked about Bo Burnham's Netflix special, mm-hmm. but neither of you had seen it. But now, both of you have seen we it. We saw it.
2: Anyway, Yeah, Bo. now
1: that you have watched the special, which I feel like it's hard to understand what it's about until you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Do you have any comments, updates?
0: So many. Do you want to start, Jamie? Do you have COVID? Sure. what there's, did you
2: think
1: there's a there's kickball or something happening <laughs> like, if you hear cheering that's what it is there's a bunch
2: of like random screaming night, it's no big deal
1: yeah every night we've got cheering
2: I don't even know what else what to say except I like it's been too long now almost since I've seen it cause it's been maybe a week yeah or I two mean, how long it doesn't matter it was so good i loved it
0: So good oh i did
2: have to turn it off before the end because it does get pretty dark yeah. and triggering but i loved it every it's just single so, one
1: it's so creative him. for him just being in a room doing this yes oh like, my god this, out of his mind purely
0: it was so good i like if you are listening to this right now and you're like when is this go to netflix and check it out and yeah it's there's an intermission and it's definitely worth taking a break at times it is a journey but man like the whole premise you know as we've mentioned before is you know he is filming this entire special in his like studio one bedroom apartment some tiny apartment but it's this amazing set i mean it has a lot of character and there's so much he plays with lighting and style and and their windows and he never opens the blinds and yeah. it's like it's so disturbing to me so disturbing. yes and then when you get to the when you're end, trapped you're like, in a room oh. yeah it's like was this intentional i mean of course it was but like yeah. wow i i like so to think so a good. lot
1: of what you see well, you know when they're on stages it's like yeah, their show's good, but it's like, well, how much of it is like the production of the show? But to see that he did this whole thing himself, it's yeah. Like, yeah, he is a really great,
0: very coordinated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! And just the lighting, like all yeah. of the, creativity. I loved all the, it lighting. Was so good. the lighting. Oh, good.
2: my! I had to like rewatch some of them because I was just
0: mesmerized by the yes. lighting and like how he pulls it off. The way he also plays with sometimes reflection, but what he would do in some skits. He'd have a blank wall behind him, and he'd have, like, a projector, like, with mm-hmm. this, like, projecting yeah. onto the screen behind him. But then a very intentional portion of that would be, like, on his body. And I know that's, like, a simple thing to do, but it, it's just so poetic. Like, some some skits were really creative and fun visual effects, and others were really deep, you know? Just, ugh. Yeah. I just it, it was, was so good. good. Yeah, it's Amazing. worth a watch. Yeah. It, really good. If
1: not for just the the editing of it. Oh my yeah. god.
0: And it was so funny. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, like no, thinking was. back now. That there's one skit where he's making a re- he's making fun of reaction videos. And so he the, <gasps> Oh know. my god, I watched oh my that my one god. like four times. It was really <laughs> so funny. Great. And oh. it, like it gets dark too, but he just starts off saying something. And it's kind of like a round where he just like, he'll say a little bit and then he'll be like, so this is me reacting to the bit I just did. And then he reacts to him reacting yeah. to the bit. And, <laughs> it just I love, and he's like this, I'm being
2: pretentious here because I don't know. like." Yeah. I feel that people see me in one way, and I come out as
0: a pretentious asshole here. So (laughs) he's like, "Why am I doing this?" You might ask. Probably for my need for attention, you know. Yeah, I think the brand
2: awareness one is so so good. My
0: favorite brand awareness is good. Did you? That killed me. Facetime your mom is funny. Oh, that was great. Oh my! Did you wait? Did you watch the end of it? I have not seen all of it. I did finish it, and it the ending is interesting. I do like it. Starts off. I mean, it's a creative journey the entire way, but it feels much more skit oriented in the beginning. And that is the format throughout, but it definitely takes a turn and kind of becomes a reflection of his mental health. And I would say it's just symbolic of the mental health journey that so many of us are experiencing in the pandemic, like at some point. He has a birthday. He turns 30 during it. And it's this really solemn moment that just, like, brought tears to my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then as you get towards the end of the special, he keeps talking. He goes back and forth. I'm like, I'm never going to end this special, you know. And then he's like, oh, I think I'm about done with the special. And you just start wondering, like, how's he going to end this? Like, how do you end this? Especially when we're still in it. And so Mm -hmm. we're like. Is there an end or are you going to mm. just like stop filming, yeah. you know? And if you guys watch the end, let me know. I thought it was well done because I personally don't know how I would have ended something like that, especially given the fact that like w- in the date of this taping, we're not all like free living our right post-pandemic lives right now, Yeah, you know.
1: That's interesting. I tend to like not want to do or release things or finish things until it's been like, a nice pretty package and like we're we've moved on from that and we know what we learned but to like work on something and release it while we're still in the middle of it or well we're towards the end we're towards the
2: end but But, but other people are in the middle and
1: yeah and it hasn't been wrapped up the beginning of the end
2: it's not right to
1: work on a project like how do you end it when we don't know if it'll be the future of our life (laughs) Yeah. yeah We haven't, we're not past it yet, I no. guess. No. Is what,
0: yeah. It does make me think of like this special, we... and then I do think of Blackish as well. They had some episodes touching on the beginning of the pandemic, and it is very interesting to watch that now. I, I like, at the time, it felt like, oh God, let's just like erase this from our memories. And at some point, we may come back to that, but. It brought me back to the feelings of last year, like March and April of last year, where we were like, our world is crumbling, you know? Like, so much has happened. I've forgotten many of those early
1: emotions.
0: And it just brought it back so viscerally. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think this will be a nice historic piece to capture this time, almost in an elapsed skit fashion mm-hmm. yeah i hope I it so serves too. that way yeah on that note yeah
1: <laughs> are we ready to get into let's get let's do into it, it. do yes, it yes, am yes. i up first uh, i Go for it. So. yes 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 please be first <laughs> okay the book i brought today which is not a book that i've finished or i'm even halfway through whatever <laughs> but i wanted to talk about a cup the first couple chapters that i've read through is called make your art no matter what by beth pickens the premise i mean the premise of this book is i feel pretty obvious but it's about it's for creative people like whether or not you want to call yourself an artist it's for creative people to like help them work art into their lives and like so the first three chapters that i've read are called time work and asking so the one I want to primarily talk about is asking. But the first two time and work time is about how art I mean creative people just tend to be really bad at managing their time. Mm, amen. <laughs> and it it had a lot of good ways to help manage your time whether you're work The nice thing is that she's constantly talking to either people who are doing art full time or people like us who are doing other work full time and want to work more creative things into their outside Mm -hmm. lives and how to make that work and how to evaluate your time. How are you spending your time? Um, We all feel like we don't have enough time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like really figuring out where the time's going and is it going in a place that you want it to be going? And obviously, we all need to spend time Mm -hmm. on things that we don't want to spend time on things. (laughs) But, like, really thinking about what is your priority and what you're spending time on. And then the work one was interesting. She goes into, like, where you're getting money and whether or not (laughs) you're creative. The point I took away from it is that your work doesn't have to be your creative passion. Mm -hmm. Many of us have to work jobs in order to pay the bills, and that's totally fine, but it was a good reminder to me that if if your job is a job in which you need to pay the bills, and you are a person who also needs creative time, that job can't be drawing the creative well also if it's not yeah. both. If it's not like your creative
0: passion,
1: which like for some people, their creative passion is also paying the bills, which is Good for awesome. you good That's for so you amazing applause <laughs> but if it's not we like we need to to not put so much of our lives into that so that we can't have a creative life outside mm. of work which was a really good reminder. asking chapter was so interesting to me. This is I read this one a couple of days ago and we can talk about all three of these yeah um, after I yeah. finish mm-hmm. but the asking one was about asking for help. And that is a topic that's so uncomfortable for me, and is like, oh my gosh, why would I like? I go into it and I'm like, why would you ever need to ask for help? Like, <laughs> girl can do it on her own, and that is just such the American philosophy is like, yeah. I have made this on my own, and we take so much pride in that. But there is nothing wrong in asking for help, and um, like being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like one section was just all about why you're not asking for help. And she lists all these answers or all these answers that people tend to give about why they don't want to ask for help. And it's like everyone else is is succeeding without help. Success won't count if I do it completely on my own. It won't appear professional if I ask for help. Wow. I'm afraid I'm going to be told no. If I'm given something what if I can't return the favor? What if I get what I need and then I don't finish my project and it's not good enough? It's like all these things that are constantly running through our minds that we don't think. Like, oh my gosh, we can just ask for help. Yes. Or like ask for opportunities. And I think about it in my own life just like with simple things. Like it's so hard for me to ask for help like with my dog. And it's been such a good learning opportunity for me to be able to, like, rely on other people to help me. But I'm like, if someone were to ask me for help, I would love to help yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such, it's like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know That's why so I true. can't get past it. But I, like, one of my greatest joys in life is helping other people yeah. with
0: things. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we will get on this, but I saw this, like. TikTok video that was like what is your I think it was what is your weakness versus what are your what is your love language it was something mm. like that and they tended to be polar opposites and so it's like yeah. you love helping. Acts of service yeah, yeah, yeah. is a love language, but you hate asking for help. It's like so cringy, and it,
2: yeah. it's this
0: really weird correlation. Like, oh, why would my right? God think about wow. think about no, it? That is like blowing my mind right now. Right, because like when it's coming your way, you want to. You're open arms. Yeah, and then when it's you asserting it out. You feel like you're imposing. You feel imposing. like it shows yes. you're incapable. Well, whatever yeah. the reason yeah. is.
1: I'm not Yeah, <sighs> capable of handling my own life
0: right now. Jamie's eyes are very I'm wide. I'm having yeah.
2: like a total... Because like I, my love language is physical touch. 100%. Mm-hmm. I hate it when other people like touch me come like near me it to you. or mm-hmm. like yeah like I went on a first date recently and he like tried to hold my hand over the table and I almost died I like yeah I was like you no 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 that's, so, no, that's no, very relatable no. to me wow. yes wow but I my love like 100% when I'm in a relationship 100% physical touch all the time but like but I can't I I'm don't so close off, even with friends I'm like Like, sometimes with some people, I'm like, is it weird if I, like, give you a hug? Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's so relatable.
0: Oh, my God. Um, What were you thinking? I know, right? (laughs) Sorry. I mean, like, I just, like, that was really shaking for me because I think, I I haven't found the specific example for me, but I do think the thing I hate so much is to feel, like, a burden on other people. Yes. And Uh yet... I'm open arms you need help I got you what do you need help with yeah it's so weird
1: and I it makes me think of the professional world also where I a lot of our like male counterparts have like no qualms about asking for what they need at work and I'm like I cannot ask it's definitely it's at work work. and
2: at home yeah because at home I'm like with friends I I don't want to like well especially moving here I'm, I'm like here to be a helper yeah like, i
1: cannot be a burden on anyone that or would it be makes horrible. Me feel
2: i feel weak. not stupid yeah, makes, but i'm like yeah. okay i have a question or i need help with this i'm like if i ask this are they gonna think i'm stupid right. are they gonna think i don't deserve to have the job i mm-hmm. have especially oh. with like moving positions yes. i'm still learning a lot yes. and i'm like okay, I have a question. I don't, there's literally only one specific person I ask every question to because I'm like, okay, I know Mm -hmm. for a fact that he does not care. But everyone else, I'm like, I've been told so many times, come to me if you have questions, come to me if you have questions, but I will not go to them.
0: Okay, let me hit on this with work because I have, in my professional life, I have gotten much more comfortable, not 100%, but much more comfortable asking for help and knowing knowing when to be honest about like i'm not really sure what that task means or like i i got stuck here i'm not really sure how to proceed forward and you know that was coming from getting feedback of you know don't be afraid to ask and seeing other people of like positions in power doing that and it reflecting positively on them and being like okay i am safe to do this but One thing that I wonder about the longer I'm working is, you know, as you get more experienced, ideally you are taking on more of those tasks and you are not asking as many questions. Uh But I feel like, this is just my guess, inherent in that is eventually you have to start kind of taking a guess for yourself. And I have gotten so comfortable with asking questions and confirming things that I don't feel like I feel Mm. comfortable if leadership is like yeah go with your gut and we'll figure it out Uh I like if I know that and like I feel like I almost need my boss to say that to me because otherwise I feel like well just to be safe I'll confirm it just I dealt with that in school because in undergrad I was told specifically
2: what to do all the time and in grad school it was like do whatever you want and it's like what do you mean whatever i cannot do whatever i want mm-hmm. absolutely not yeah. i need some sort
1: switching of switching into that some sort confidence of... is really mm-hmm. hard
0: and it's weird too okay like it makes me think of like work-life balance where people strive for work-life balance and it, it totally depends company to company to company but it's like you either find that work-life balance or you're working overtime and it starts to reflect positively because look how determined Mm -hmm. this person is. Look how hard they're working. And I feel that way with asking questions where it's like, I feel like I'm making the right call by confirming things and double checking, even if it takes more time. However, the people that are assuming things and are sometimes wrong are coming off as go-getters and are coming off as competent, even if they're making mistakes. Mm. And after a while, there's a point where I'm like, Am I past this questioning area? Like, do I need to pivot into, like, I know my shit. Let's go. Yeah. Even though I don't, like, <laughs> no, not 100%. Yeah, That's true. very yeah. real, though, in my Maybe. company.
2: Because there are people who should have asked a lot more questions. Yes. And now, right. we're all like, oh, And them. I am always looking. Questions. Yes. But then there are mm-hmm. the people who ask a lot of questions and now are kind of off on their own. And it's just like, yeah. You well, know. I
1: wonder if there's a difference between. I mean, a, clarifying questions are important mm-hmm. for, for sure. For if you sure. don't understand what you're supposed to be doing,
0: <laughs> Ask clarifying. Questions so I wasn't are sure, and I did this project. Yeah. But
1: asking, asking for what you need maybe is different. Mm,
0: okay. Yes.
1: Which is in this in Ooh. this book is how it was positioned, like like asking for like if you're an a painter. Like asking for an opportunity to hang your work somewhere or something. Like asking for the things that you want and knowing that you'll get a lot of no's, but you will get maybe a small percentage of yeses along the way.
0: Oh my god! Okay, but
1: but like not being and not not to like pivot from. No, let's pivot. Let's pivot. But like differentiating the difference between like knowing where you want to get and like being able to ask people to help you find the opportunities to get where you want and not just feeling like we need to oh my god. like yes. yeah. and oh. pave the way on our own like that like things just aren't gonna happen if you're not if you're trying yes. to do everything on your own but but i need to know that oh my god
0: clear your <laughs> schedules we got a whole night plan. You know. Oh, I know. that is, okay, yes, sorry if we went down this other rabbit hole. No, no, but no, those are important huge. things to talk about. Yeah, and especially, man, the discussion on where you want to go versus, like, th- that makes me think about opportunities, too, where, you, like, is your life, uh, do you have a goal and you're trying to work towards that goal, or are you kind of going opportunity to opportunity? And, mm. you know, there's likely a hybrid mm. answer there, mm-hmm. but being afraid – to ask for what you want or not knowing like seeing the end goal and not Not knowing knowing how how to get get there there. and being afraid to ask because other people seem like they're just killing it and they've already got the connections yeah Yeah. and you're over here without them I've
1: heard and I've heard a lot of people in many different professions say like in our generation saying that they want more mentors like sure maybe maybe people above us should be offering more mentorships but also maybe we should be asking other people to yes. be our mentors or asking questions about how they got to where they are yeah.
0: one thing I i've been know. thinking about too is peer mentorship like like mm-hmm. i think about like yeah. even if i don't have a defined goal of where i want to go like there sometimes where you think you want to go they isn't necessarily a person around that kind of like exemplifies that or yeah, is definitely that. and there comes a point too where you're like well i just gotta like either talk to people that are within like our peers in essence and are starting to make moves that i think are moves i should also be making mm-hmm. or like I got to be my own mentor, which is kind of weird cuz sometimes it's hard like especially when you don't even know the questions you're trying to ask. Yeah, you know? Which is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of the a time a very common yeah.
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think none of us really know no. where we want to no. be, so it's hard to ask the right questions and find the right mentors when you don't even yeah. know what you're
0: looking for. And we're all in this right now. Like, yes, like the three we of us we are, are, in in this. This. We are yeah. We are actively like I I mean pre especially pre-pandemic but i probably also in the last year like i have definitely asked myself where i want to go and how to get there and, <laughs> and just reflected on like where i thought i would be by the end of this decade versus where i am are two different things and yeah i think for so long i thought that education like i i think i was oblivious of how much work goes, goes into getting there. And not, I don't mean that in a privileged way of like, oh, well, things will just happen for me, but just like you see people at the end result. You don't always see people in the grind, in yeah. the like,
1: definitely, in
0: all those trial and errors and in all those no periods. Yeah. And so whenever you get faced with that rejection or what you think was gonna be a big moment wasn't and like, like, for example, I did this uh, installation a couple of years ago at the Seattle Design Festival, and yeah. I was so proud of myself. And I even got some business cards out of it. And I was like, this is my chance. I'm going somewhere. And then I got nervous and flopped on the whole thing and didn't pursue any of those and felt like it was this embarrassing moment. Like, that was probably a moment when I should have asked others for advice or like, just Kind of leaned into my discomfort of reaching out to people. And so it felt, but I didn't. And so it felt like a wasted opportunity, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily, no, you it's know? Not. It's, yeah. You still have that experience and you still yeah. know that you enjoyed it. So in the
2: future, if it comes along, you can.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like that maybe it. got off a of mentorship. No, no, no. But it, no, no I, I really lost didn't. my no, train I'm just, of thought. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm
1: thinking about it. Yeah. No, I yeah. think. I mean, it's hard to ask – it's hard to reach out and ask questions when you don't know what you want. Again, like yeah. like maybe you made these connections and you're like, this is awesome. I don't really know, like, where I want to yes. go yeah.
2: from 100%. here, so do I don't know do what to ask
0: for. Yeah.
2: I've been in similar situations, yes. and I also – dropped that ball cuz i didn't yeah. know how to use the ball. But so i don't maybe
1: know Maybe like it's not too late. Oh for sure. Like it's not yeah. too late and maybe if at some point you know what you want to ask or you know how mm-hmm. you want to use those connections it's you can you still have those. Mhm. I mean, Seattle's true. It's a very true. small city and i mean i shouldn't say very small but
2: the design community in the is, architecture world did it the yeah. design
1: community is small and i mean when was that a couple years ago a couple like years that's ago. that's no time yeah. in the grand scheme of
0: things <laughs> yeah and oh my i'm so. we could talk about this yeah. forever i've got so much to thi- like because when i whenever i go and talk to college students that just feels like what they're looking for. Asking, like, you're just looking for someone that can provide guidance because you have no clue what you're doing and you know you have, goals you like you want to go somewhere we just somewhere, all want a life you know? coach
2: to tell us yes. exactly what to do yes, and to get we, where we want up. to go we're soliciting yeah. life
1: coach applications if you oh, want no to be my life coach <laughs> send email us, us an email
0: Colt's not welcome okay great what's our email w- oh, <laughs> yes, at, at, at gmail dot com. you know it please email us <laughs> non-architecture no, related if a life, life coach, coaches please, please yeah. request it mm, oh but Asking for help, that is such a huge life lesson, even in relationships. We did kind of touch on that with friendships. I I think of that in relationships too with like, it's twofold for me. It's one, being self-aware enough to know what you're looking for and to know what you need, which is hard work. Like it takes a lot of you talking to yourself and being like, "What? what am I looking for right now? Or like, why am I upset right now? I'm upset because I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. What would feel like going somewhere? Well, this. Okay, so how could we do that? You know, kind of playing that like scenario out. And then the second part is just normalizing asking. And like you mentioned rejection. There's this TED Talk. I think I played it for you once when we were, I think we were going to a campsite or something. But there's this amazing (laughs) TED Talk oh the, the, yes you okay I
1: remember this we'll have to find it and link it yeah
0: okay so this guy he basically like goes on this I think it's like a hundred day journey of just hearing no and every day he asks something where he knows it'll be a rejection and it was all getting him comfortable <laughs> with oh my rejection. god I need to do this so bad it's, um, it's so funny the, yeah. like one of the first scenarios is like he goes to like Burger King and he orders a meal he eats it and then he comes back up to the cash register afterwards and is like can i have a burger refill and she's like <laughs> what um. and he's like i finished my burger i'd like another." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know like he knows they don't do yeah that. but That's as like point. as silly
1: as that is i mean it's so hard for me to ask people to help me with things for fear of them saying no
2: even though I know that they, like... If would say us, yes. Yes, they yeah. would. <laughs> there are so many people that would say yes, but it is weirdly terrifying But it's so ask. hard to
0: ask. It's
2: I've never... Ha- I, for a really long time, did not have that problem and was totally fine asking anyone for help with anything. And I don't know what happened, but in the last, like, two or three years, I've completely shut off on that.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And I
2: don't know where I, like, lost it if I just, like, stopped practicing it. So I lost it
0: I don't know there was a
2: while where I didn't need help and then when I did it was like oh it's been like too long I can't well, ask I just for help haven't oh yeah God,
1: like yeah. just haven't needed help mm-hmm. and then I I mean getting a dog has been the biggest lesson oh, and yeah. biggest growth opportunity in many ways but like for me to relearn how to ask because like I physically need help mm-hmm. with him yeah. I need someone to watch him I right. need someone to do blah 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 with him or something and like that has been such a huge learning lesson for me, and I don't think it's something that I would have learned otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> or like moving. Like someone. Yes.
2: Yeah. I by should like have asked her a lot more. My what nutritional I, therapist, I who
1: is much more of a therapist than nutrition, <laughs> asked me. We were talking about the stress that comes with moving, and I was under a lot of stress on, at the time. And she's like, well, have you asked anyone to help you? And I was like, surprisingly, I have this time. Normally, I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like my friends would love to help me move. Yeah, I love helping people move, but for some reason, (laughs) it's so hard to ask for that help. I feel like
2: such
0: a big burden. Yes, that's
1: for me. That's what it is.
0: It's like it's a huge ask. Even though when you get a group of people, it goes by really quickly. It is labor. Like you know, it's not like hey, do you want to like watch a movie? But when you have
2: eight people, it's
0: easy labor. Oh my god. Yeah. And we've all been in that situation.
1: I mean, all of us have moved so many times Mm -hmm. in the city. We've all been in that situation, (sighs) and I think we all know what it's like to receive that help, and so we're so much
0: more willing to give it. I think all those moves, too, have helped us as a group normalize asking about that because, like, yeah, all three of us have moved in the last, like, Two three months like yeah it's <laughs> launching a podcast crazy. and moving
1: at the same time we're doing it turns
0: out it's very stressful, <laughs> stressful. oh Don't my god but so you like you have gotten lauren um have gotten <laughs> like you had gotten comfortable with asking some people to help which then i think empowered me to feel more comfortable so we have a couple guy friends one of whom has a truck and so instead of getting movers or whatever for like big items like the mattress. You just ask them to help and they gladly helped you and you took care of it. And so I was like, okay, ask them for help too. Like you can do it. And I reached out to them too. And you know, they said yes. And if they had said no, I would have figured out another way to do it, you know, but it But you can't, you can't, this is what
1: I've learned in the last couple weeks, especially. You can't receive the joy of letting your friends help you unless you ask. So true. Like, you, can't, you can't receive your friends being able to show up for you in that way unless
0: you let yes. them. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I know we're, like, tangents on tangents, but that made me think of one are. other thing, and then we can, like, we can bring we it can back move, to the book. Or we can move on to the next thing. But that also makes me think of... Hosting events slash inviting people to things. I feel Hmm. like so often I'm like, hmm, no one's inviting me to things. And I'm like, bitch, make things happen. Like, make, and, and so, like, for example, like, there is a party coming up that we are having. And (laughs) it is, I get so nervous to host parties because I'm just like afraid everyone's going to say no and no one's going to show up and it's going to be a flop. But, No, you won't know, and you don't realize that, like, so many other people are just waiting for party invites, too. Like, we're all just sitting here being like, damn, no one invites me to things. That's a big
1: lesson I learned when I graduated from grad school Mm. in Seattle because, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's a very particular city in and of itself. In social
0: environment, yeah. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And I realized after grad school, I was like, huh, I'm not really getting, like, invited to things. (laughs) Right? And I did. I had a sit down with myself, and I was like, "Do things and have people like come along with you." Yeah,
0: that's how like yeah. you're gonna create a people, community. Okay, th- this is a generalization, but I feel like it is very flattering typically to be invited to things, you yeah. know. And so, yes, as much as it's fun to be waiting for that magical text where someone's I like I personally doing... love being invited. To yes, things. it's great. <laughs> But then it also comes with the idea that, like, you can also do things and invite people to stuff. And it's okay if people say no. Like, that's where my fear of rejection really Definitely. comes in, you know? Yes. Yeah. And,
1: uh. and a party that you're throwing individually is, like, a heightened experience oh, of God, that. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> but like, if- do people want to come to my
0: party? Right? That's hard. Oh. mm. relatable um (laughs) but even with like events like it's I I got some piece of advice about dating years ago when I was like dating and trying to figure out like how how do you figure out what to do on a date you know and someone was like just do what you want to do and if they're on board that's great and if they're not on board then that's probably not not a good match yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and I think about that with like even if it's friends it's like if you're going to invite people Like maybe have it set up for an event that whether or not people show up you're gonna have a great time and if your friends show up it's icing on the cake and if they don't it's okay you're still gonna have a great time because i you know i can only speak to what i've experienced and i am including myself in the statement people be flaky like it happens we've got a lot going on and so like it, it is very hard to not take it personally or if you're getting a bunch of rejections on things to not be like, well, you know what? Forget it, I'm never gonna have a, an event ever again. Mm-hmm. But if and when people do say yes, those are little baby steps to building up you experiencing stuff with other friends and yeah. not waiting for other people to just be, to think of you. Like yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in that camp And realize like I'm just gonna spend a lot of my life alone if I'm not seeking out these opportunities and and inviting people to them right you know
1: right yeah I think especially in the last couple years I've just realized that if you're if I'm not willing to invite other people into my life in some way whether it's parties helping me my um, emotions feelings hello no no thank you no no close the door there's no opportunities for people to be like to show up for me and be a part of my life I love this tangent thread hard lesson though yeah ask for help
0: it's Ask for help. good
1: it's a hard it's hard
0: and like try it with little things like mm-hmm. build it up and also i do kind of appreciate this like practicing rejection and realizing that like it is not a personal attack on you and it is okay for people to say no or not right now yeah not right yeah totally and it's okay to ask for what you need and what you want. Relationships included. Remember that. <laughs> relationships highlighted, not highlighted. 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 It is okay. Yeah, we
1: all need to ask for what we need, and we can't assume that other people are going to no. know what we Amen. need. Never assume anything. Oh. No one is going to know what you need unless you tell them. Say it out loud. People
0: love you but they cannot read your mind. <laughs> and they it, can't? You, <laughs> no. Breaking news. People cannot read minds. What? You are not the only one. I, oh, they could. I really wish they could. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. No,
1: it's hard to ask for what you need, but
0: it's a learning <laughs> lesson. Yeah, and rewarding. Mm. Yeah. What In were the, the
1: way. I remember the yeah, other the two other, segments. The first mind. two chapters, the first oh, one time was time, and work? then
2: work. Which... Time, when, okay, when did we get so... Here we go. Busy. Mm. No, but like, when was there not... I was thinking about when you said <laughs> time and how there's not enough hours in the day. And I was like, when did that happen? There used to be so many hours in the day <laughs> in college. <laughs> in and grad oh school, I even God. had hours in the day. And now I'm like, when did I just lose my hours? Oh, yeah. But they're very much gone and I haven't seen them in years. But like, when the fuck did that happen? Girl. I, I saw get,
1: something, <laughs> whether or not... I don't remember if it unclear. was in the artist way or something else. It was like... It was like for a couple days, keep a journal of what you're doing every fifteen minutes. Which oh my god! Believe me, wow. I've not done. Because <laughs> I was like, every, like I don't want an aspirational. Know. Or but, but the point is like to compare how you would love to spend your day and what you love versus to put how your actually do time it. toward yeah. versus what you're actually putting your time toward. And <sighs> I know a lot of those hours would be like mindlessly scrolling the internet,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which sometimes. I need, yeah. And other times, I wish I was doing something
0: that would fill me up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I feel that because when I write out, like, I feel like sometimes from as an outsider, you, Lauren, seem super productive, and so uh, when I compare my timeline and your timeline uh, of a day. It's like an expectation versus reality situation. Oh, for God, me. no. Because you're like, did yoga, did this? Mine is not, like,
1: should not be expected. <laughs> like,
0: got a new career, then had lunch. Like, you know? Like, and I'm over here like, napping. time? Instagram for three yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because, like, who filling out a calendar or, like, a, a timeline for the day is going to be like, well, one to two will be Instagram, obviously. Right. Like, you know? But that those yeah. breaks for your brain are really needed. Yeah, but it goes but so I'm against the efficiency but I that we feel But I think if you need. tie
2: in number two with work, if you weren't at a job that overstressed you too much, would you need to Instagram mm. for an but hour I'm to decompress? That's a good question.
1: If someone posted something recently on Instagram
2: <laughs> <laughs> of all places
1: uh-huh. about someone trying to do like a like a phone detox or something and mm. realizing like like asking yourself the question every time you go for your phone asking yourself what am I looking for in this phone and how could I do it maybe in a different way so it's like okay maybe I want to decompress but maybe scrolling Instagram is not the best way yeah. to do that maybe walking outside is or sitting outside or yeah. Ooh,
2: or maybe looking at yep. the
1: clouds like there's like so doing something you, mindless yeah. and decompressing that's not that's a really good looking point. at another screen or like or one- maybe you're looking to
2: like hey, I want to, like, talk to one of my friends. Here's, like, a funny meme. We can, like, start a conversation that way. Or, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know, like, like reconnect with my friends. It's, like, why don't you just, like, call them? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I come into contact with a lot, too, is I will go to my phone or some sort of distraction, sometimes snacking, if I am either in a stressful situation or I don't know what the path forward is. Like, sometimes at work, maybe I don't know what the clear path is. And I go, like, because I I know sometimes that my brain is subconsciously working on it and I just need to give it time to figure out what to do and then conscious me can t- like chime back in. But other times I'm just like, in in those times, sorry, in those times, I will maybe walk away or lay down for a second or whatever it is to try to like move myself, to give myself that time subconsciously or the second scenario is I'm just trying to deny its existence and run away and I go to my phone and I'm like, Yes. Doesn't matter in denial. Exactly. Don't care. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, I'm not
1: saying as, as like a hyper productive person, it's very hard for me to not be productive in some like visible way. So it's, I need to tell myself that it's okay to not be productive. Mm-hmm. So building, t- like, time blocks in where I don't need to be productive mm. is important. It just doesn't necessarily need to
0: be instructed. Instagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, totally hear that. I aspire to your level of efficiency <laughs> because there's just so much time. There's so much happening, I think, under the surface, and I spend so much time just contemplating mm-hmm. in general, which I think we can touch on in a second with time management for things. So my days, like, it just seems like a lot of it can be really unproductive and then I will have a burst of productivity because yes. my brain has been mulling over what to do for a while, maybe more than like your average person. And then it's like, okay, figured it out. Here we go. Bop, bop, bop. And then in like 15 minutes or an hour, I'll do what maybe could have been done in four hours, but I just took three hours to figure it out, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. I feel very similarly about my mm-hmm. own self. I think maybe it just outwardly, it looks different. I'm really good at making myself look busy, even though I'm not.
0: <laughs> oh, which hits on the point with time. Like, there are two things I'd love to touch on with this. One is time management, but the other one is the, is the time you're spending going on what you want it to be. And that makes me think of the, like, what is it, busy versus effective or whatever i wrote
1: yeah and i think i wrote a note in here about busy versus productive
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm really good at being busy but am i being productive towards something yeah
0: Mm -hmm. i think about (laughs) life in general where you're talking about like where did all the hours go i feel like it's so easy to fill up the time in the day but then you're like months pass by and have I done any like have I done the yeah. things that I really wanted to do? Yeah. You know? I think
1: Lisa and I had a conversation it, it stuck in my mind and and I feel like it was you that we had. It was about mm-hmm. like the difference between urgency and importance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's so hard to differentiate those two. Like, is it important? And is it urgent? Or is it just mm-hmm. urgent but not important? It feels like it needs to get done right now, mm-hmm. but it's not important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's really hard to differentiate
0: those. And it's weird because important, ideally, should trump urgent, but urgent wins. It mm-hmm. Like, if something needs to happen right now, it, it just, like, it wins out. And I, I don't know if the coworker that brought that up to me will ever listen to this, but if they do, <laughs> shout out to you. That was revolutionary in a way because I think it's also helped me understand why sometimes I feel like I'm not making progress on things but in filling up my time like you know I'm like well this work I've been working but then you look at your task list and you're like I maybe hit two of those but what you're not writing are all the other emails that came up and all the other things that got tended to because they were urgent yeah and the important tasks that could be pushed off and to bring it right and to bring
1: it into like more of a whole human way and Mm -hmm. not just like a work way like there are so many things in my personal life that i'm doing that feel urgent but maybe they're not important in the path that i'm trying to go like maybe i'm saying yes to things that i shouldn't be and they're taking up too much time because they're not, I don't know.
2: That is so real. (laughs) No, no. that is so real. (laughs) That's real, but for me personally, I don't know what my path is. So how do you distinguish
1: between? That's where I I am too. Mm
2: -hmm. What is important until once you're done?
1: That's a good question. But maybe taking the time to look back on what you've been spending your time on and what retroactively was important yeah and figuring out going forward how to recognize yeah that in the future
0: I think hand in hand with that one of our friends we've also talked a lot of in the last year about our plates like our metaphorical life plates and all the things we have on it and it can be so tempting to just put everything on the plate, put it all on, because the more you're doing, the more accomplished you feel, but it wears you thin, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it can be too much to handle at times, and so there's a lot of power in stripping the off the shape. things that are either not serving you or maybe are really just not benefiting you. It's, it's not that this needs to be a selfish act 100%, you know, but it is okay to advocate for your time you know, and at times maybe it's a not right now versus a no never. Yeah. You know,
1: I am so quick to say yes to anyone who asks me to do anything. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. back down. Like I love Wanting helping to please. people. Yeah. yeah, but I don't often think about, and this, and this has nothing to do with like helping <laughs> no. my friends who need help. <laughs> but I'm not quick to judge on like, is this something that aligns with where I'm. Mm-hmm going and yeah. am I spending my time like am I saying yes to things that are not important in the grand scheme of yeah. things and they're taking up time and away from things that are important yeah
0: I I have had to practice that in I the just want to say years.
1: yes to everything because yeah. I hate saying no see and I, practicing yeah. saying no I think it's, it's great. a skill that I need to learn yeah
0: oh my god <laughs> the same coworker that I talked about importance versus urgency with I remember at some point we had a conversation and he was like, I just, I don't really like saying no to things. And I was like, try it sometime. It is the most liberating (laughs) feeling to just be able to say no and feel good about it. And it's like, that's not meant in a way of stonewalling. But when you hear an opportunity come up, that is, you are really not seeing the benefit of you being involved in that. Mm -hmm. And Like, especially when it's something that you like, somebody else could do that or whatever the reasoning is, either shifting that to somebody else, like actually that was a baby step I used instead of me just saying flat no, is if I could think of somebody else that would also be good for that. That was a way of helping, you know, bring in other people that are great and kind of giving that opportunity to them while not making me feel terrible like I was leaving someone in the lurch, I was just, things are a little tough right now but this 100%. person will be great yeah. for this not not exactly shine theory but spreading the love <laughs> like, yeah yeah it takes practice though i had to start doing that cuz there were just a lot of miscellaneous opportunities coming up and i think I have been, like, in my life, I think I have been going down that path of, like, what opportunities are presenting itself to me rather than what opportunities do I want to pursue. Mm -hmm. And I think the past couple years, I've become more aware of, okay, these things are going to take time, but I'm not going to really feel like this is a good use of my time and getting me somewhere. If anything, this is taking me down a rabbit hole to – a niche that I don't really want to be a part of you know
1: and I can definitely see that in the professional sphere like things at work where I'm like I mean I could do that but I don't want this to be the thing that I do at work yeah and so being okay with saying no to things because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the girl that does this Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh my God. yes. I could do it, but I don't not want to, to do that. Shout out to unpaid emotional labor. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I say like I bring up work only because I really don't know how to apply this in my, in my personal. Definitely, life, it's you know with,
1: yeah, it's easier to
0: maybe apply yeah. at work. But it's relevant. It's so relevant. Like especially with creative pursuits. I, I'm not even in the game on that yet. But it's, it's yeah. an interest, and I think just even learning. How to work in the time to work on those pursuits, and then you know, following up with asking inside. Like I don't know. In summary, I've
1: only read three chapters of this book, and it's good. I'm intrigued. (laughs) I definitely think it's a book that would be good to read with other people and discuss. Mm -hmm. Kind of each chapter on its own. There, I didn't touch on this, but each chapter has kind of like some sort of homework to do, which is like some sort of um, activity that would be kind of cool to do with. Maybe another person and talk about it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, so I may,
1: you may hear about it in the future as I keep reading. We'll see. But we should probably move on to something else. Yes.
0: Okay. So I can jump in. Lisa's up. Listen, y'all. It's been a hectic week. A lot (laughs) is going on. And so one topic has been kind of sitting in my mind recently, and. This is not going to be a deep dive. I would like to think at some point, do more of a deep dive and we can talk about this more. But I just want to bring it up because this is the thing sticking in my mind. Pretty privilege. I don't know how much people have looked into it. No. I thought about it. Tell us. But this is something that I feel like, in my life, I have heard loosely referred to just through jokes about how easy life can be for people who are pretty and that was about the extent of that Mm -hmm. and then in the last couple months i have started to hear little whispers on the internet of like this is a topic we need to talk about and we're not and i don't know that we're ready as a society to talk about it yet but it is definitely a privilege and Mm -hmm. it goes to the privilege that is available to people that are are either conventionally beautiful or just person to person. If someone finds you attractive or beautiful or pretty, there can be privileges to that. There can also be negative sides to that as well. And so the two sources we'll have in the show notes are this one rant from the financial confessions where Chelsea can't remember the name of the video. We will definitely have the link on the website. It was some list like she has these infamous rants and there was some list of just like things we need to talk about. And it might've been the audience brought it up, but pretty privilege was one of them. And she's like, we're not ready for this conversation yet, but it totally needs to be had because there are many things that can be very easy for a person if they are perceived as beautiful or even in my own experience I will use work for example but also actually also in my personal life at times when I kind of when I try in a day where I like (laughs) maybe try to put my hair in a thing or put on makeup or dress a certain way I a hundred percent feel a difference in how I am perceived Mm -hmm. than when I don't and Mm -hmm. I'm not one that really cares about that day-to-day. I enjoy fashion. I enjoy things like that. But I think my philosophy has been accept me for who I am, not what I look like. That's kind of a flawed philosophy because we are such visual creatures. So, you know, adjusting. I've I've definitely (laughs)
1: come up against that wearing makeup and not wearing makeup. And Mm -hmm. and I stopped wearing makeup in Seattle, but have, like, gone off and on of wearing makeup in the workplace. And, like, what does that – I mean, we are visual people. Yeah. And like we are trying to portray a, cer- a certain image, but like is that playing on me as a professional?
0: Right. <laughs> well, and so I really have never worn makeup other than like school dances or something really fancy. I, I have a very strong female influence in my life that really has never worn makeup, and I thus just kind of followed suit. And it wasn't until I started working where all of a sudden I was like, oh, should I be putting on makeup? Like, is this a thing that I should do? And it it honestly felt subconscious. It's not like I saw beautiful people like getting ahead and was like, damn it. You know, but (laughs) I like I just I very distinctly remember having that. Consideration and just wondering, like, oh, is this the time when you start wearing makeup? Like, for me personally. And so, the I guess the other source I'll mention this is not like a scholarly source, but uh, there was this TikTok compilation on YouTube that I saw. It was about pretty privilege. I think the idea was meant to be for women who ha- were perceived as beautiful at one point and are now considered fat and just documenting the difference that they've experienced. And it was kind of a mixed bag of some women falling into that camp and some women just noting like what, like even in the service industry, how much tips change, how customers treat you is so different. And one woman was in a construction field and I, oh my God, I felt what she was saying so much. She brought up that there is a reverse effect once you're in a position of power. She's like, you are treated, you know, like, you know, when you're like, let's say if you are conventionally pretty or whatever it is by whoever is receiving your looks and interpreting them, it can really help along the way. And then once you're in a position of power, you can be perceived as incompetent or, Mm. you know, whatever. And she was citing how she is like in a – construction management position and even though she is leading these massive projects multiple ones she had multiple projects where like no one would take her word as final and people wouldn't include her on emails and people wouldn't like I uh, like I can feel this personally like not that I'm in this position of power but I see this kind of being hand in hand of pretty privilege as well as like pretty and youthful and I feel like in my youth, whenever I kind of spoke up in certain situations, it was like, oh, wow, look at, look at this girl. Like, I can't believe she opened her mouth. And like, oh, like, maybe she's cute, you know. And so like, yeah, let's listen to her. Let's see if we can help. As I have transitioned out of my youth, I I have seen that fade. And as I have gotten more comfortable with my voice, that has changed, which is a little different outside of this. But it's there's definitely been a perceived difference in when I like was coming into a situation as being a young, maybe perceived as somewhat naive and just kind of like schoolgirl-esque versus like this professional who happens to be yeah. female, you know. Wow. Curious if either of you, yeah, have any feelings on this. It's, it's a very touchy subject because it's so subjective. And I think that's one reason why it can be hard. It's not like this demographic in general, like we have stats. And but it's blah, blah, very, blah, blah, blah. I think like, there are stats. I think there mm-hmm. are
2: studies that have shown it. And obviously I can't say any of them off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. This is something that I've heard about for a few years now. And I, it's real. It's very real. But I don't, it's also very personal. Mm-hmm. Not just the pretty privilege, but like makeup stuff, hair stuff, it's all just, like, what you feel comfortable with. Because, like, maybe you guys, like, don't feel as comfortable wearing makeup, whereas if I walked outside without makeup, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to go through a day. I would just, all day I would be thinking about why am I not wearing makeup? Mm -hmm. What what, people are seeing my face? Like, I don't like this. And
1: that's Mm -hmm. how I felt for... I wore makeup and from junior high until I moved to Seattle. Like, it was just not a thing that I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And that's so unfortunate that we have to think so much about the way that we look mm-hmm. and how it's related to our, like performance not only our performance yeah. at work but just who we are as people like and the like way, perceived
0: competence exactly
1: like, yeah. like the way like whether or not you're wearing mascara should have nothing to do with you as a person yeah, it should like you should wear it I think you should be empowered to wear it if you want to wear it that's oh, amazing yeah. mm-hmm. I have chosen that I don't want to wear it every day because I don't want to deal with it but but I don't judge anyone who wants to wear it. But that should not be a reflection on your character as a mm-hmm. person or your that performance say literally
2: nothing about you except no. I like putting on mascara. I don't. That's it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But I thought, like, at my first job in Seattle, I started, like, went to the interview with makeup on. And it's, I mean, I'm a fair-skinned girl. It's very obvious if I'm wearing makeup or not. Eye makeup specifically. I went to like an interview and and wore makeup like the first maybe six months and then just decided that I didn't want to deal with it anymore. But then I switched jobs and did the same thing, wore makeup to the interview, Mm -hmm. started wearing makeup every day to work for the first six months and then decided that I didn't want to deal with it anymore and had that thought in my head like, well... Do they think I'm not a competent worker anymore? Do they think I look tired? Do they think I've
2: changed? Well, and mm. that, I mean, Which did is... you get any of that? I've gotten that a lot on days where like I had a stint in high school where I had like this really bad eye infection. I couldn't wear eye makeup for right. like, a month. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. would show up just going every single day. Someone would be like, are you okay? You look yeah. tired you look weird. This is my face. Leave me alone. Cool. Thanks. Did you get any of that at work or was it all pretty chill? I
1: didn't at work. In grad school, I mean, when I moved to Seattle, I wore makeup every day and then in grad school also transitioned out Mm -hmm. of wearing it every day because it's like, I just don't want to deal with it. And then, and then did get comments in grad school like, oh, like, are you okay? (laughs) You look really tired. And then I would like come to school one day wearing makeup and it's like, oh, you have makeup on today, and it's like I can choose mm-hmm. when or when I don't wear makeup. It doesn't need to be a big thing.
0: Yeah, I have to. I think that's as someone that isn't typically wearing makeup, I've more experienced this overwhelming positive reaction when I do. You know, which, yeah, you know, is like but different. I think different. I, than uh, this topic. Yeah, but, yeah, and I've
2: definitely done that to people before, and it's not probably shouldn't. But it's like I like equate it to when someone gets a haircut. It's not that your hair looked bad before. It's just like, oh, something oh, yeah.
0: new. It looks, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for the record, like, I don't mean that as like, oh, you shouldn't comment when someone looks good. Like, you, well, okay. Uh, well, but don't you, comment you on your own professional standards. But like, yeah. But like, I don't mean that like, oh my God, people commented that I wore makeup, but, yeah but subconsciously it does place. do something but that's standard it impacts, yeah. of yeah. feeling
1: like you have to wear it every day because people have never seen you without it and yeah. being worried about your perceived image or whatever if you decide that for whatever reason you don't want to wear it or you can't wear it for an eye infection or whatever like worrying yeah. about Demons. your
2: well it's what, also nice like for me makeup is my self-care I don't always remember to wash my face every night or, you know, do face masks once a week. But every morning, I have 10 minutes that I just focus on myself. Which is And nice. I like that. Yeah. It's my yeah. self care. And I'm not going to stop it anytime yeah. soon, except unless I'm camping, because why would I ever bring mascara on a camping trip? That's just a <laughs> cause for disaster.
0: Hello.
1: <laughs> there are people. But that other do. than that, yeah, there, there are people that do. But no judgment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. But, like, I apologize for keeping bringing this back to professional settings mm-hmm. but I think one thing that my mind goes to as well is how this impacts what opportunities you may come across in your professional life and networking opportunity like what impact that can have and I think it I think it comes across in different ways and it plays out like beyond the workforce as well but that's something that I wonder about because I think it's kind of a double-edged sword if you are perceived to be really beautiful and then you're also smart what like yeah wow really did it you won the gene pool like whatever you could find yourself on a path of opportunities which then you can show the skills that you have which then can help open those doors and pave that way to wherever you're trying to go It can maybe be difficult or more difficult to be seen if you are not someone that is maybe catching the eye of somebody this is it's a very hard topic to talk about it's
1: really hard and it's very personal to all of us so it's hard to talk about
0: it varies so wildly so it's you know maybe something that people will start to talk about more in the future and we can deep dive into but it also really depends on who you're dealing with. One thing that I find difficult about this topic is it feels very primal in a way. And it, to me, like is somewhat parallel with just implicit bias, where it's not that you are actively going against someone that you think is not as attractive as somebody else, but you are just intrigued by this person that maybe on a physiological level is very attractive or some whatever it is even if it's personal professional whatever like you are intrigued by this person in a visual sense and thus you are maybe more engaged to listen to them or want to know more about them you want
2: to be them or you want to be with them you're just more likely to yeah
0: which could definitely go the other way of this double-edged sword of like I find you attractive. And thus I'm really focused on this one aspect and I'm not really going to listen to what you say. Like, yeah, it just reminds (laughs) me that
1: it's something that needs to be talked about because ignoring it is clearly not working. It's like the Mm -hmm. racism thing saying, I see no color is clearly not working.
0: God, no. So we
1: need to, we need to talk about like, we are visual people. We see differences. And we, our eyes are attracted to people that look more like us, that are, that look more, quote unquote, visually appealing, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And we need to confront that and we need to like figure out how we can counteract that because ignoring it is not working.
0: Oh, God, That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) A hundred percent. It made me think of the book Sapiens, where, like, Mm. very early on, Yuval Harari mentions... It's basically a flaw of the human race that, like, we are so... I forgot how it was phrased, but it was basically, like, we're so opposed to differences between us. Like, we can't even handle skin tones being different, which obviously race and ethnicity, it is so much more than just the color of your skin. But even the fact of like someone being lighter skin or darker skin than someone else historically has moved us to the point of warfare and death and yeah. like building that's these like, turfs. That's yeah.
1: Biologically built in. Yeah. And we need to counteract that. Right. In, in
0: different ways. And <laughs> and we're absolutely capable of that. Yes. As humans, you yeah. know, and and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing to rework what you think in your brain like there are gut instincts that are definitely worth leaning into and then there are gut instincts or sometimes just thoughts that play into our minds that can be evaluated you know yeah, uh, yeah.
1: recognizing them is the first step
0: yeah oh that it mm, yes yeah,
1: but recognizing that that people who have a more quote-unquote, beautiful appearance, mm. like, we're going to be more attracted to them. And, and that plays out in many different ways. Yeah.
0: It's but so we have true. to
1: recognize that. Yeah. It's and a part of our culture. Yeah. Right.
0: And it's it's not to say we're going to be like, okay, so you're, like, prettier than her, so, like, we're going to give her a leg up over her. Like, it's not to say that that is where we need to go. But right. I agree. Like, right. recognizing the elephant in the room for lack of a better phrase like exactly is worth it yes
1: there's not going to be a path forward until we recognize right (laughs) that we are evaluating people on appearance yeah it's just happening Mm
0: -hmm. it's the same with so many like whether it's relationships or your own emotions renee talks about this where it's like you know if we deny something it's not real and whatever but calling it out is what gives you the power to be able to to overstep it yeah Ooh, hit my step count. <laughs> well, Questionable. What's happening? Questionable. Should we
1: move to Jamie? Let's, really? Quick. Yeah, yes. I can just
2: do a quick little. I just to complete the 180 I there just have go. a quick book recommendation. Very easy. <laughs> it's a fiction what book. Book of the week, which we haven't talked about today. So great! Can't wait. Okay, it's called Safe Houses, and it's by Dan Fesperman and it's about it starts off there's this woman named Helen in the late 70s she's like young I want to say like 23, 24 and she's in the CIA and she's working out of West Berlin in the late 70s and she's a woman and she really wants to be in the field but she's a woman and how dare a woman try to be a spy how in the field she? <laughs> in the 70s. I mean, horrendous. So basically she has this admin job that she does really well at but doesn't get a lot of recognition for it. And she manages the safe houses that all the spies use across the city. Make sure they're clean. Make sure that people are like logging in and out when they come. Whatever it is, well stocked with food and shit. I don't know. So, at the beginning, she's doing a random check-in. She is technically not supposed to, but she does random drop-ins at all her safe houses to make sure that everything is running smoothly. And so, she's Mm. doing one of these random check-ins, goes upstairs and, like, notices some things are, like, around. So, she's like, okay, I'll just do a little cleaning while I'm here. And while she's there, someone shows up. And she always does her random check-ins during times when people aren't supposed to be there. Because... Mm they're spies and she's not supposed to like listen in so someone shows up that she doesn't recognize and then they're there for a few minutes and she's like upstairs and she was like testing out the recording equipment and kind of forgot at some point that she was testing it out and then she's like if I walk across the across the floorboards they will definitely hear me because it's like a creaky house so she just kind of hangs out there and then someone else shows up and they have like a secret covert conversation and she's like no idea who either of these people are they're talking in code what is happening are they spies yes oh my god they leave she turns off the recording she takes it to her older boyfriend at the cia also in west berlin and she's like she's like trying to be nonchalant about it she's like i heard this stuff and like do you know what any of this means and he's like what and she's like yeah i mean no big deal and he's like (laughs) you were secretly recording it and she's like yeah and he's like you need to burn that tape right now
0: (gasps) what she's like
2: what and he's like, you need to go back there, get the tape, and burn it out," Because you've just, like, left the tape there. So she's like, fine. And she goes back to get the tape while she's there. Someone else shows up. And she's <gasps> like, gosh, darn it, what is going on today? Record. What, what is an awful happening? day. Happening. Oh a guy shows up, and then he, like, one of his, it's not like a spy, but it's mm. an informant on the yeah. street comes. And she's, like, a young Berlin woman, and come in and she's just like oh, i have to stay upstairs again for another 30 <laughs> minutes until they finish and uh, like this seems dangerous because my boyfriend was freaking out so like i'm nervous well while she's there the guy's a giant asshole and tries to, not tries successfully rapes this woman what yeah and in the middle of it her, sorry i should have started said this at the very beginning her name is <laughs> helen Oh, yeah, I think you said that. Oh, okay. I
0: think you did say yeah. I hope
2: so. In the middle <laughs> I remember, of it, I remember Helen that. comes downstairs and is like, Not today, you son of a bitch, and like breaks it up. And he's like, What are you doing here? And she's Who like, Who are you? You weren't on the log. You shouldn't be here either. Oh, and there's like a shit. little Mexican standoff, and he's just a douchebag in the 70s and was like, Ha ha ha, I'm a man. I can get away with anything. And she's like, Meh. <laughs> She also, um, at some point, I think when this stuff started, she, like, secretly pressed record on this one, too. So Mm -hmm. now she has two tapes. The guy leaves and is like, no one will believe you. I'll get you fired. Whatever. He leaves. She tries to help this, like, poor Berlin woman who, like, doesn't want her help. She's, like, an 18-year-old who was obviously just raped. And she's like, I don't want your help. I need to go, like, Bye. And the next day, or maybe two days later, the eighteen-year-old who was raped turns out murdered. Mm. Wow. End of chapter. Flash forward forty years later. What? Helen? What? I I know. Just wait. Forty Helen. years later, Helen and her husband are asleep in bed. Okay. They're like not mentally ill, but like. I'm on the edge of um, my seat. Maybe right developmentally now. slow. Son comes in and shoots both of them in the head. What? He then walks outside to the edge of town sits down gets arrested her daughter comes she doesn't know why her brother killed her two parents spends the whole book trying to figure it out so it flashes back and forth between helen in the 70s trying to get this guy like convicted of rape but who's a secret not a secret who is a cia agent and then flashes forward to trying to solve the murder of not solve the murder because they know it was the son that killed them but trying to figure out why the the son (gasps) killed his parents and it's crazy and it's all circular and i just like highly recommend it because i love murder mysteries and it's not a mystery you know why he you don't know why he did it but you know who did it. it but you don't know why so it's kind of trying to figure out why and it like A daughter's name is Anna, and she, like, learns that her mom was a CIA agent briefly in the 70s, and it kind of goes back and forth into, like, so she's trying to take this guy down for rape, and then the daughter's trying to, you know, figure out why her brother did this, Mm. and it's a whole thing. Only one complaint, and that is only that Anna works with this kind of sketchy PI, and that's part of the story because he has a past in D.C., And I should have said this when they were murdered. Helen like is living in rural Maryland near a coast on a farm, and like, (laughs) like clearly like just has been a farm wife for a very long time, Hmm. and like so no one has any idea that she ever even lived outside of Maryland, let alone in Berlin for a year. But anyway, this the sketchy PI. And the daughter kind of enter into a relationship, which I kind of thought was frivolous and, and didn't need to happen. But that's my one complaint. I was like, do you really need to like turn this into a stupid romance? And I'm like,
0: and a little romance. But other than that, everything <laughs> out of
2: the book romance. was amazing.
0: Ten oh, out of ten we need
2: more so read good. it.
1: synopses yes. from Jamie. Um that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: I can't take credit for myself. This guy wrote the book and it's yeah, just, yeah, like yeah. twist like. Your turns. synopsis
0: your was, was like, okay. Second, it was like, here. what
1: is happening? you're encouraging us to read yeah i'm um, intrigued i liked it a lot sounds good easy read easy read good know. is a beach read
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: yeah if you want to read on yeah, a beach
0: absolutely yeah. get your tan on find yourself a beach and get this book yeah <laughs> what was that title again safe houses safe by houses. dan fesperman Ooh. That's Ooh, very that's intriguing. Perfect. I love a, like, a flashback, flash-forward yeah. situation. Yeah, and it wasn't, Mystery. it was, mm-hmm. I
2: mean, I, I obviously went in not really knowing much about the book. I was shocked yeah. when there was a flash-forward, and I was like, I don't know about this, and then I read the you know first two pages of the flash-forward, and I'm like, sold.
1: We're in. Yeah. Okay, sold. good to know. Mm. I love a good recommendation for a fiction book, because I don't,
2: there are Word. a lot of
0: bad. fiction There are a books lot of somewhere. bad fiction books. Well, this is not one of I them. And I get Personally, so sold on the cover. I'm like, wow, look at that cover. And then you're like, okay, but is this book something you want to read? Yeah, like, mm, right. Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> I could use a good fiction book in my life yeah. right
2: now. I like that Twists and turns. Ooh,
0: I Didn't if really be a see good, the good end audio coming. book. It's good. This I week don't know. I've been like, mm, I'm not really feeling my normal stuff and i'd like Ooh. to have just something in the background but yeah
1: let us know about the mm. audio version
0: yeah we'll we'll let me know because that
2: sometimes can ruin
0: or it I makes or breaks a book sometimes it
1: really does if the narrator is bad
0: yeah thank goodness for <laughs> samples you're like nah, that's true no, i'm not in point <laughs> yeah yeah that's all i got well well i guess we'll see y'all next week Oh.
1: You yeah, know. Dropping on Wednesday. Hello. hey We're live. <laughs> come up
0: with a tagline. <laughs> okay. Bye. See <laughs> Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at WRDPod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all our show notes and more at our website, whatchareadingdude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at the TheRealKalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next week.